this episode. What the hell was that? Seriously. Mike Mitchell of CFL News Hub might have some answers. And how we're going to beat the Bombers by one point. That's, we, that's, how, that's what we always do. It's the Argos FanCast. Crack those cold ones. You can find us at Argos FanCast or anywhere. You find your friendly neighborhood podcast. Just search Argos FanCast. Or go directly to theargosfancast.podbean.com. I am Clay Chisholm. You can find me at all kinds of Clay on the various social media machines. Uh, joy, and you know, joining us from argofans.com, our resident historian. He's also our VP of Football Operations, Will Gertler, MBA. Hi, everybody. I hope those of you who caught the Rona have recovered. Um, you can find me on Twitter at ArgoFans or at www.argofans.com. And from the double blue order, Sir Douglas of House Ballinger, second of his name, Lord of Section 116, Warden of the South Side, and Protector of the Realm. I, I echo what Will said. Those of you who caught those of you who caught COVID, please get, get well soon. Hope you're feeling a lot better now. You can find me on Twitter at dougb 519 You can find my group, the Double Blue Order, on Facebook at facebook.com/doubleblueorder. On Twitter at Double Blue Order. On Instagram at the Double Blue Order. Double Blue Order merch available. DoubleBlueOrder.ca, including. Although I don't know if you really want it now at this point, but including the law firm T-shirt. I think you summed it up perfectly in the intro, Clay. What the hell was that? Yeah. Um, Yeah, it it was something, all right. Um, God damn, that was an ugly, ugly ass game. It was. It was disgusting. Yeah. There's not quite any other way to put it. It was. No. You, you know, you all you heard all week was, oh, the Argos only won because of a missed field goal. So we went into that game, or we all wanted them to go into that game and, and you know, stake some sort of claim that they're not the team everybody said they were. And guess what? They <laughs> confirmed that narrative for a week. I believe... Everybody wanted to bury the Argos after the first uh, sec, uh, the, the win over Montreal gets to now. Yeah, as if they really needed an excuse to bury to bury the Argos. Honestly, yeah. How do you, you know? How do you go in there and lose? How lose forty four to three? Well, awful doing it. Like I, I, I mean, you, you give up ten points in the first, ten points in the second, ten points in the third, <laughs> and fourteen points in the fourth, and only score three points in the second. That's how you do it. And your first, your first drive of the game, you're. Cruising down the sideline, uh, you know, you're cruising down the field, and you can't score with three chances from the one yard line. That, that's going to sink a team. And then, you know, they they, they they have a promising drive to start the second uh, half. They fumble. Yeah, it's not shooting themselves in the foot because they lost by 41 points, but that certainly doesn't help. Well, I mean, they could have shot themselves in the foot. With the bazooka. Yeah. Because, you know, it's about where they where they ended up. Nathan Rourke once again put on a show. Oh, okay. I, Nathan we need Rourke, to go Nathan, stats. Yeah, <laughs> Nathan Rourke looked really, really, really good. He looked he look, Yeah, 39 of 45. 86.7%. So he had games of 90% and now 86.7%. 436 yards and four touchdowns. He set, he set the record for the highest yardage passing by a Canadian. Yep. A week after he set the uh, the highest completion percentage by a Canadian in a game. Um. 
All I got to say to that is congratulations. Yeah. I mean, what can I say? He friggin' he friggin' pantsed us and took our lunch money. Pants us, took our lunch money, and he's and he's taking our mothers to prom. Fucking embarrassing. Oh, speaking of embarrassing, uh, before you before, before you do that, Will, you got to go kick a trash can now. Uh. Will is angry already. Uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson, fifteen of twenty-one, hundred seventy-eight yards and a pick. Chad Kelly, two of four for twenty-six yards and a pick. Andrew Harris, seven carries, twenty-seven yards, three-point-nine yard average. And a fumble. McLeod Bethel Thompson, one carry, 11 yards, and Austin Simmons tried twice from the the one and couldn't do shit. Uh, Receiving, DeVaris Daniels had 60 yards on three catches. Curly Giddens Jr., 32 on two. Oh, God, 27 on two for Banks. Isaiah Wright, 26 on two. Harris, 19 on two. Markeith Ambles, 16 on three. This is just downright ugly. Let's not go through the goddamn performance of our defense. I will argue one player, though. Winton McManus had 10 tackles. Special teams tackle, quarterback sack. That's what I would argue. Deshaun Amos had a fumble recovery. And uh, Robert Priester had a had a uh, forced fumble. They allowed uh, four hundred plus passing yards. Yeah, that they There's did. That they did. Issues. We'll discuss this with Mike Mitchell. But this whole what the, what's the bloody point of this dual secondary coach business? <sighs> I thought the secondary was going to be a strength heading into this year, and it's been nothing but. Oh, it's been downright awful. The second half of the game against Montreal has been not great in the slightest. Yeah, I, I would argue uh, second quarter against Montreal. You know, and what is it about, you know, every time this team has, you know, gets a, a good secondary together, whether it's 2012, 2017, 2021, they, they, there's so much turnover that it falls apart the next year. Let that be a lesson to you. Don't hire Chris Jones if he's just going to be able to, you know, at least Patrick Wat- Pat Watkins had the courtesy to play out his contract before he wanted out. Jalen Collins cough. Yeah. Oh, um, I- I'm not even going to play the, the, the sound effect for uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly because there was really only ugly. Ugly. And I think we've been through it already. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, like you just, watching that offensive line, it, I don't know what's going on, but they just can't seem to get on the same page. Well, I mean, D. John Allen goes down. Isaiah Cage is already injured. Trevon Tate's at turnstile. And then you can sit here and ask, though, why, you know, there's no, what what recruitment was done in the offseason to, you know, try to improve the American content down the offensive line? Absolutely nothing. No, really, the only thing they did was sign uh, sign Justin Lawrence, but, you know, they knew He's that. He's Canadian, that my point is, yeah. you know, what was done yeah. to try to change the American? They traded Martez Ivy. Tate and now looked, they and now they got to play Winnipeg. Oh God! Who the hell knows what the offensive line is going to look like? Uh, what offensive line? Um, yeah. I, I, God, I hope we can uh, dress another four quarterbacks because I have a feeling it's going to just. It, okay. You have a feeling it's going to be bad. I have a feeling that we're going to do what we always do with the against the Bombers at home, or at least what we've done in the last couple of years, and that's beat them by one. It'll be a fourth yeah. quarter comeback, and we're going to beat them by one point. That's exactly what's going to happen. Hopefully. 
You know what? I, I mean, apart from the uh, the the score, the final score of the game, I I fear for our quarterbacks because they're like Willie Jefferson and uh, Jeff Cote and, and you know the guys they have. Okay, <laughs> too many thoughts freaking going through my head. I'm trying not to. Det- Go off on Please a. Give some bust. I'm trying really hard not to go off on a profanity-laced tirade because it's not going to make any sense other than make people laugh at me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, we, no, we got, we got, you got to, we got to do. Job. That's got to go on fancast after dark. Now, that's got to uh, go fancast after dark. Like we'll say. We've got a turnstile on one side. We've got a guy who's playing hurt on another. And we've got two guards who are normally pretty damn good, but can't seem to communicate with the center in the middle. And you know, or, or at least if they are, they're communicating about the wrong things. And these are guys I like. Like, what the fuck? Seriously. It just... Most of that game, the game could have been different if they score on that first drive. Yeah. Who knows? But, I mean, you know, so going back two games, we've got the scripted plays to start the game. You know, some teams script the, you know, enough for the first series. Some teams script the first 15 plays, whatever they're scripting. They're playing great on those scripted plays. It's when they have to ad lib. It's when they have to make a decision on what to do next that they are making the wrong ones. Omaha. Don't give me any ideas. Because half of me kind of would like to see what would happen with that. And we got a quarterback who probably just isn't good enough. I'm sorry. You know, I've been probably one of his biggest proponents, you know, since he's been here. But He plays like garbage when he's a starter. Unless he has some pressure on him. He's, he's, I mean, we might as, might as well, you know, suit Will up a QB at this point. Why me? Doug, myself, I don't know. Anybody. Put a pylon back there, it might work better. What? I, I still think Marco I, wants to play, so it, why can't he do it? We already know he we already know he's gonna be going in on the offensive line, Will. We all know this. I'm not exactly a felt uh none of us are. Um okay. But you have real experience playing football. Yeah. So that's why he's a coordinator and we're we're the grunts that have to take all the hits. Uh. I put I played center, long snapper, defensive line, outside linebacker, fourth string safety on my high school team. I played fan. <laughs> it's something I tend to do very, very well. Figure it out, Ryan Dinwiddie. Yeah. That's his job. He has to. He's going to have to. Yes, he is literally his job. He is the coach. Yep. Oh. Oh, was right. Yeah, this this game infuriated me. It It should. It, It must. Every Argo fan should be infuriated. They should be irate. They should be angry. They should be unhappy. Because 
exactly what the Lions are doing is what we've been asking the Argos to do all for the last four or five years. At least. Yeah. Now, the one thing I need to point out is in the, the first game, BC brought in a big name, big name concert act, made a big deal about opening up the upper deck. This game, they only managed 14,000 on a Saturday, on a Saturday. So as far as that, that ended, they've got the right team to, to start to move the needle, but they still got work to do. Um, I had to find something that BC did wrong, and that was about it. Did they do anything they, wrong? They suffered a lot of injuries. <laughs> yeah. you, you know something? That's. I'm not saying that the injuries are a good thing, but in that short stretch of the second quarter, you could tell the Argos were getting mad when they were yes. when they were breaking out the truck sticks. <sighs> yeah, I'm mad enough. Well, not mad enough to string together a good offensive play, but, mm. but, I mean, mm. they had like they had to do something, and that is exactly what they did, and they were breaking. They were, I mean, it it was it went hard. It went hard hitting in a hurry. Oh yeah, and made for I great. Mean, it made for great watching in this in the second quarter. Made for yeah. great watching because there really wasn't much else to really cheer about. Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh... although although to be honest, when I was watching it, it was like I was it was kind of like uh, on The Simpsons when Homer tried to break the roast pig and Lisa ended up launching it down down an embankment or something. I was at the point where it's just a little slimy. Yeah. Once the at the end of the third quarter, just when I was about to fall asleep, that's when I said it's just a little airborne. I'm going to bed. <laughs> Okay, let's uh, let's let's bring on uh, Mike Mitchell. He's joined us before. He's uh, the Toronto Argonauts writer for CFL News Hub. Um, if you thought he was angry, if if you thought we were angry, <laughs> oh, we'll see. We'll see how much that anger has subsided. Uh, he he didn't grade them well on his uh, last article a couple days ago. So would you? <laughs> Probably not. I, I've I've got one of those grades that I got a bone to pick with them, but uh, we'll get to that. Uh, here's uh, Mike Mitchell. All right, Mike. Well, let's get right into it then. Um, what the hell happened on uh, on Saturday in in uh, Vancouver? You can almost you could see it coming. You can feel it. You can sense that the Argos weren't going to be prepared for that game for a couple different reasons. Um, you know, obviously the the injuries. You don't want to make an excuse, but they had 19 players on the injured list. They had a lot of guys that didn't even practice during the week, like Andrew Harris, and the you know guys who barely practiced, like Jamal Peters and Deshaun Amos. And then you could see during the game, guys like Deshaun Amos came up lame um, in more ways than one. Um, but you know, got a little hurt towards the end of the game. So we'll see if he's going to be available against Winnipeg on, uh, next Monday. But um, it's it's pretty crazy, you know. You can kind of sense with the Argos, like right now, the big thing. And I, I talked to one of your compadres there, uh, another great podcast, X's and Argos, Ben Grant. We've been talking about this in recent days, communicating. I think he's coming out with an article on X's and Argos dot com about uh, the Argos searching for their identity. Um, you know, it seems strange to say that. You know, for a team that won the East last year, made the East final, but uh oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We lost him. We lost him. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Call him back quick. Tell him to plug in. Oh, he's still talking. Oh, maybe. <laughs> he's going to realize pretty quick. Uh-oh. <laughs> hey, hey, guys, we got disconnected? Yeah, we did, yeah. <laughs> Oh boy! All right. Right, right. When you were talking about what what identity of the Argos, it was kind of fitting. It was kind of fitting. lost our identity. All, we lost our. Well, here we go. Well, I think you know. There's you know they're the type of team right now that 
you know, you would figure that a team that made the East final wouldn't have made wholesale changes. I know some of that came from necessity because Chris Jones left with a bunch of assistants. But when you look at the Argos, they have an entirely different offensive philosophy, even though Ryan Dinwiddie's the play caller. They're trying to go to a more power set on offense. On defense, they have a, a completely new defense with Corey Mace running it. And then, of course, they have a new special teams coordinator, Mickey Donovan. So, And they brought in... <laughs> we lost him again! <laughs> This is, yeah, Argo's identity crisis definitely there. Wholesale changes on the coaching staff in the on the roster in the locker room with their leaders, and they're struggling to find their way. They're not, they're a work in progress. This is not the same team from 2021. And what's frustrating? We we talk about the secondary. Like it was playing so well down the stretch last year, and you, you basically allow Chris Jones to poach two of the guys who were under contract. Like, at least when Pat Watkins left back in 2013 to go with Jones, at least he played out his contract. More than you could say for Jalen Collins and Tristan Deku. It's a philosophy thing, too, because if you notice, like, the way the Argos played against the Leos, they weren't, you know, last year, one of the benefits the Argos had is they had big physical corners and they would play press coverage. Against the Lions, the Argos were playing off coverage. And so... You know, with guys like Deku and Jalen Collins, bigger corners, they would press receivers at the line of scrimmage. And, you know, last year the Argos really didn't have that great of a pass rush. They were second to last in the league in sacks. So a lot yeah. of what they did, yeah, it's, a lot of what they did, they had 29, I believe, on the year. Well, a lot of what they, their success on defense was their coverage. I mean, it helps when you have Chris Edwards, obviously, um, who they're missing right now. Um, but when you look at it, they played it under Chris Jones and Stubler. They played a different style of defense. It was a lot of bend but don't break, but they were really good in the secondary. And so they've changed their philosophy back there, and they're trying to fit in new pieces. I don't think it's for lack of talent, but you could see the issues they're having with communication and mental breakdowns. It hasn't been, it hasn't, it hasn't been good, um, to say the least. So uh, the talent is there. They should get better. But right now, you have to question the coaching right now. It's not working. Well, yeah, this, this, you know, I was talking to you during the preseason about this William Fields guy and sort of everything you told me. Kind of was worrisome. Yeah, you can see Fields has two of his guys in there and Priester and Tavares McFadden. And to those guys' credits, because they're essentially CFL rookies, even though McFadden was on the roster last year. This is his first real game action in the CFL. Those guys haven't played that bad, but no, they have it's, a, it's a weird, it's a weird mix right now. You know, Fields and everybody's got to get on the same page. You feel they have two secondary coaches. Fields and Bell got to get on the same page. They got to get well, on. Why the same do they page. need that? I don't know. It's a little strange, right? And then you you got you you basic you know you're hooking up with Corey Mace, who let's face it, I mean he's one of you know one of the more more respected young assistants in the league, but he's never been a defensive coordinator, so. You're, you're looking at a guy, you know, basically this is his first go-around as a play caller, and, you know, hate to put it this way because I like Corey Mace, but he failed miserably in BC. They had the wrong game plan. for You know, they overcompensated. I understand this, and this is a big difference in BC's offense. People really don't talk about this that much. But, like, Lucky Whitehead is a problem, not because you're just worrying about him making big plays on you, which he's fully capable of. But now defenses, and you can see it, Ben Grant did a tremendous job at X's and Argos, you can see – the teams are over-preparing for Lucky Whitehead in the flat, and they're over-committing. The Argos had the wrong defensive game plan for, for BC, and that falls on Corey Mace. much as I like him, much as I respect him, uh, what he's done, he's, he's still unproven. He's inexperienced in, in calling plays, and he got schooled. He's got, he got taken to school. And the most frustrating aspect of the Argos' defense on Saturday was they weren't getting beat uh, physically. That happens. If you get burned by Lucky Whitehead, so be it. If Brian Burnham goes up and makes a circus catch over another defender, fine. He's done that before, right? But if you're just leaving wide receivers wide open down the field, I mean, you know, and busted coverages, I mean, you're, you're not even competing at that point. So that's not a, that's not a good sign for the coaching staff. They, they got a lot of work to do with Winnipeg coming into town, um, coming to the six. Um, yeah. O'Shea, O'Shea is one of the best coaches in the damn league. And mm. if he sees you have deficiencies, if this coaching staff sees you have deficiencies, they're going to exploit them. Oh, why am I starting to have lingering doubts about Ryan Dinwiddie? Oof, that's a tough one, right? Because 
he's coming from a Calgary system where he had a lot of success and he had a lot of success last year as a rookie head coach, although he had his pickups and moments, but you know, when you see things like, I mean, come on, it's really ridiculous at this point. And this is lack of practice. As far as I'm concerned, when you're in the CFL and you're, you got a first and goal at the one and you don't score, that's horrible. I mean, unless you have a high school team against a pro team, that should never happen in the CFL. Look, uh, uh, short yardage stops happen, sure, even with the line of scrimmage rules in the CFL. But if you've got three tries from the one-yard line, you can't get in. That just tells me that everybody, again, not on the same page, guys not practicing that play. And, you know, you got to question some of the roster decisions, too. Not to say that I understand why they got rid of Antonio Pipkin, but I have a feeling if Antonio Pipkin was in the game, they would have scored. Um, and that was kind of like his role with the Argos. And now I don't want to dump on Simmons. He's a rookie in the league. I mean, I mean, he's been around a little CFL, but he's finally getting some game action. But, you know, there's an art form to the CFL quarterback sneak. And uh, he obviously, he's a big guy and he's got some mobility, but uh, he, he looked like he didn't know what he was doing. So, um, you know, so, I mean, that's on the coaches. If you, you know, it's ridiculous. Their issues in the red zone are ridiculous. Like the, it's, it's carried over from 2021. And McLeod does a bad job making reads in the red zone, and Dinwiddie's done a bad job as a play caller. There's, there's no sugarcoating it. Yeah. That, that's and that's that area, pretty good And they move the ball well. I mean, when you look at the Argos, they, it's, it usually, and this has been a pattern now since 2021, their opening drives are very good. They're well scripted, they execute well. For whatever crazy reason, this team has struggled in the red zone. And you figured with someone like Andrew Harris that they would have a guy who can power the football in but they're even offensively they're doing a bad job because what they're doing is they're trying to run power sets without the personnel i mean last week you had declan cross out they had the kid carbone up from the practice roster he didn't play very well and then you got markeith ambles playing that i mean he can block a little bit but you got him playing the tight end role in this system this new philosophy and he's trying to block a boom guachin uh, and twice he got blown up, uh, more than that, but at least twice in two significant uh, short plays where they, you know, obviously on the one-yard line and then uh, towards the middle of the field there where the Argos were trying to convert a first down. So you got to have the right personnel. If you're going to run a power formation, last year the Argos carried four fullbacks and they weren't a power-running team. This year they want to be a power-running team and they only have one fullback on the roster. So... Uh, you know, at part, and you know, listen, injuries are playing a factor in this too because they would love to run that system with Eric Rogers and Jawan Breskison. Those are two big physical receivers that can block, and they don't have them on the roster because both those guys, for whatever reason, uh, haven't been able to stay on the field. Same thing with Rogers in the East final; he finally showed up and he looked great in the first half. He got hurt again, so got to question whether or not these guys are ever going to be able to be uh, consistent contributors because they can't get on the field. And the Argos are missing serious talent right now. They're missing their best tackle, Isaiah Cage, was another guy who's had issues with injuries, can't get on the field. And then you're missing Peter Nicastro, who was supposed to have knee surgery last year, delayed it, wanted to have it closer to home. And because of the delay in his surgery, wasn't able to be ready for the start of the regular season here. So you got no Nicastro, no Cage up front, no Jawan Breskison and Rodgers, which would help with the run game and blocking. And, you know, having physical receivers would help the Argos passing attack. Then you have no Chris Edwards, who's suspended for, and I would argue that Chris Edwards is the best player on the Argos last season. The Argos are missing some key guys that would really help them right now, but that's no excuse for um, the utilization of their players. You know, you wish they had the Chris Edwards and the Peter Nicastros and the Isaiah Cages and Eric Rogers, Juwan Breskison. It would be nice to have these guys. But, um, you know, you got to make do what you have, and right now it's not working. They don't have an identity on offense. Defense, you know, and I, and even on special teams, I suppose, even that hasn't performed very well. No, I, I mean, okay. Going through your your article, you graded them out. Um, I'm looking, and there's there's one here that I've I've got to take a little bit uh, of. Uh, I've got some issues with this. Go for you, it. You rated the secondary an F. Yeah. I it, I would have rated them a little bit lower. <laughs> <laughs> a new scale, I like it. We're, we're into the F minuses now, are we? Oh, F minus. I thought you were going to give him a break because you know, like you no. know, because guys are no. hurt, that kind of stuff. No, but I mean, you've got like McFadden look doesn't look like he's out of place. He looks like a rookie at times, but he doesn't look out of place. 
You've got Jamal Peters on the other side. And, you know, Royce Menchie looks good. It, like, we should be better in the secondary. And the way I'm looking at it, I'm seeing, you know, we saw uh, against Montreal where once they got, got moved on from Vernon Adams and they, and they had Trevor Harrison there, Trevor Harris is the is you know captain checkdown and and will take whatever you give him, and Absolutely. he just you know marched up and down the field. I mean he doesn't score touchdowns, but that's a different different discussion. But he he gave the blueprint on what you need to do to beat this Argo secondary, and the fact that BC's got better receivers, a better quarterback, and a better offensive line to hold things in and, you know, they just dismantled us when, when they, they took what we gave them. And then when we started to not play soft, Hey, work went over the top. Yeah. It was a frustrating thing because they, they got it wrong completely. Their game plan was awful. They overcompensated for lucky whitehead. The secondary is not on the same page. That falls on the coaching staff, also on the players. It didn't help that Shaq Richardson was out of camp, all camp, didn't play with his new teammates. Jamal Peters has been nursing a knee injury from Jump Street. Then you have Deshaun Amos who's been hurt and didn't play. He played almost very little during camp and preseason. And so all these guys are trying to work together, and they're working together in a new system. And BC, BC had two weeks to prepare for Toronto and they, they exploited all the flaws that they saw on tape. So, yeah. Um, if there's any bright spot on this team that, that you can find, what, what is that? I would say the bright spot is that it, they can get better because a lot of their key players, a lot of their key players will be coming back down the road. I think this team has a chance, you know, they're playing Western teams right now. So, you know, they're not going to be facing a divisional team, if I'm not mistaken, until like, what, week eight against Ottawa? So I think the East is there to be won. I think Toronto's got to get healthy somehow, some way. They real, they need Nicastro. They need Cage to get on the field. They need Chris Edwards to return. These are key players. Um, I think the team, as the season goes along, they, you know, they're, they, their confidence is shaking right now. I, Ryan Dinwiddie mentioned it after the game. Um, maybe we're not as good as we thought we were. And so it's a, they got humble pie. They ate some humble pie in Vancouver. And so I think that can be used to make them better in the long run. But I think the team needs to stay healthy. I think it's a long season. they got a lot of work in front of them. But there's definitely talent on the Argos. It's not meshing right now. The key for them is to get it to mesh. So we're, you're saying we're at the bottom. There's a, the, the only way we can look is up. All right. Yeah, I think, I think they're going to get reinforcements. So, I mean, maybe it's me being uh, the eternal optimist that Eric Rogers and Juwan Breskison are finally going to get healthy and stay on the field, that Isaiah Cage is finally going to get healthy and stay on the field. hasn't been able to do that. And, and so not, neither of those guys. And they're eventually going to get Chris Edwards back, which that's going to be a, a, an added boost. Look, the talent is there. Defensively, you uh, another guy, Shane Ray, he has a great first week. He gets hurt. Toronto's been snake bitten with injuries with, with a lot of their a lot of their players. But on paper, it's up to the coaches. On paper, the Argos are not lacking talent. It's about getting it to work. Right now, they haven't they haven't found their group. They need to find it quick. <sighs> yeah, we re- we really do. I mean, when you look at their secondary, you, you, Jamal Peters, Tavares McFadden, Royce Mechie, Deshaun Amos, Shaq Richardson, that's a pretty damn good group. And if you add Chris Edwards to it, they just these players have to play better together. And they have to – these coaches have to – I mean, if they continue to perform the way they did, then you have to. I know again, I got in trouble for saying this, but we're writing this at CFLnewsHub.com, but you're going to have to consider making some changes to the coaching staff. So – one big loss the team had in the offseason that people don't talk about is McAdoo on the offensive line. And so he, he joined Chris Jones, one of the co- one of the many coaches, people that have joined Chris Jones at Edmonton. And yeah, so the Argos offensive line has been a big issue too. So 
you know, anytime you got three plays with the one yard line, you can't score. Bladek, Blake, uh, Lawrence, you know, that falls on your offensive line. So they need better coaching all around. Yeah. Well, Mike, uh, I want to thank you very much for, for joining us. Um, and, uh, well, with, yeah, well, everybody needs to go read those uh, those the report cards. You were uh, a little bit, I would say, a little bit more honest than uh, than uh, what uh, JB over at the X and R as in our Argos gave uh, gave the grades. Um, I think we're we're probably in the in the camp that uh, I'm not even giving them a letter grade. This is an incomplete. You know, the thing is, you know, at first blush, you fig- I figured when I watched the game a second and third time, which was torture, um, I figured that, you know, maybe it, would, it wouldn't look as bad. Maybe there'd be certain things I saw. That, and then when I watched it again, it was even worse. So, <laughs> the, you know, the, that's the getting beat. There's no shame in getting beat. If, look, if you go into B.C. and you lose, it happens. Eastern team going out to the West, it can, it can happen to any team. It's just the way they got beat. You know, it's, it's not Lucky Whitehead burning your corners down the field. It's not Brian Burnham out jumping your defenders. It's guys that are left wide open with no one around them. Easy touchdowns. Hey, Rourke is awesome. I'm rooting for him. I called him young Tom Brady in the offseason. The BC Lions are my surprise team. I think they're going to be the fourth, the, the crossover playoff team. I'm impressed with Rourke. I'm, it's hard not to root for him. Like an awesome story, a national quarterback, Canadian quarterback being a superstar. But I don't care how good a quarterback is. 90% completion percentage allowed is unacceptable. This isn't a video game. So, and you could, uh, it's very easy to complete 90% of your passes if the receivers are left open. Yeah. So, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to take away anything from what Rourke did. He doesn't play like a rookie. He learned a lot working behind Michael Riley one of the best quarterbacks in the CFL the last few years or several years. So um, that helped and he looks and acts the part. So I'm not trying to, you know, say anything bad about Rourke. I love him, but you know, when the other teams allowing receivers wide open, I, I'm not saying I could have completed those passes, but a lot of quarterbacks could have. So um, that's on Toronto. So if you're getting beat, that's one thing. But if you're if you're beating yourself, that's a whole other thing. It's one. It happens every once in a while with blown coverage, but when it's multiple times, that's that's pretty bad stuff. All right, Mike. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, you have a good rest of your night. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks, for having Mike. Me on. All right, and that was uh, the many voices of Mike Mitchell. See, you said incomplete. I was going to say, yeah, they don't get a grade. That's a see-me-after-class kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you, you don't show up to class, you don't do the work, you don't get a grade. You just get kicked out. Okay. Looking forward. We've got Winnipeg. we got to beat them by one. Right? That That's what we do, right? Beat them by one? Mm-hmm. That's what we've done Monday. a lot the last couple seasons. I think we've done that. And we play them on Monday. What the hell? Okay. Monday night football. Yeah. The Monday night party! Doug, you, you've been saying this all week. We're going to be Winnipeg by one. How are we going to do it? Boris field goal. Boris the Boris the boots gonna gonna send it through. Boris the spider. See, if it was Boris the spider, well, he'd have eight boots. That's true. I last time I checked, he's only got two, and he needs a plant foot. So that's why Boris the boot makes sense. <laughs> but anyway, I honestly, I mean. If they can, if they can be better prepared, and they've got a lot of time to get prepared, if they can get better prepared for what they're going to see against Winnipeg, I can honestly see it's going to be. I think it would be a close game, like it, like they like they have been the last couple of seasons, and I honestly think it's going like we'll we'll take them. I honestly think it. <sighs> Oh, 
Yeah, I I can. Okay, this this Toronto team, you know, reminds me of Saskatchewan from the uh, you know the late eighties, early nineties. You know, they'll they'll get blown out. They'll play like crap against one one team, but then they go up against uh, you know a, you know a great team. And somehow eke something out, but then lose to a crappy team. I'm not saying BC's crappy. BC looks like the class of the league right now, um, but Winnipeg's still the defending champs. And you know, I can if if they can come up with a better game plan and work on some of those communication issues. You know, Mike said a great. They're not meshing, right? They've got the talent. They just—it's not working yet. Um, and I'm still holding, despite what we saw. I'm still holding to my fourteen and four record prediction. There's a long way up that hill, but until I'm pro- until I'm proven wrong, I'm going to hold to that. Um, I think we got to see. A lot more Andrew Harris. Well, we don't want to break the man. That's the thing, too. Well, you ran him seven times. You're not going to break somebody like that. You know, but I think they need to... They they need to design some better runs for him. And, you know, you can't have Markeith Ambles as... A tight end. He, he's not big enough. He's not physical enough. No, not even remotely close. I mean, you you put him against uh, uh, corners and halfbacks, okay. But you put him against, you know, if he's picking up if he's picking up a safety blitz, that's fine. But if he's picking up Willie Jefferson, oh hell no. Oh no, no, no. That boy gonna get pancaked like like it's like he like it's uh. Like it's uh, like it's like it's right at opening at IHOP. He's gonna get pancaked. No, I want pancakes. Are you gonna make me go all the way to Brampton for pancakes? Yes. Right, you, you could go down to Niagara, place a couple bets, you know. Yeah, but then you have to pay that goddamn tourism fee. Yeah, but you know you you can't fall down and not hit an IHOP down there right now. Yeah. Apparently. Pancakes would be good. I had pancakes the other day. They were good. Were you hungry again ten minutes later? Oh, no. It was it was part of a full breakfast. Eggs, bacon, sausage, yeah. home fries, pancakes. I could go for that again. And I'm not even hungry right now. Oh, okay. Prediction time for the for this game. Um, are we all going Toronto by one? That's my that's my prediction. <laughs> I don't know what the final score is going to be, but Toronto's winning it, and more than likely it'll be by one. Thirteen to twelve. Oh God, that would be a snooze fest of a game. Ah. Oh. That sounds like it's it, now okay. Will you, you, when you're saying thirteen to twelve, is this going to be you know a hard hitting game, or is this going to be a ineptitude game? Uh, ineptitude. Oh crap. Oh, I see. I would love to see a defensive battle. I think we're going to see a mix of both. I think it's going to be. Uh, 24-23 somehow. Um, okay. Yeah, okay. Fantasy. Yeah. Somehow we won. Well, we changed our whole team after the show anyway. Um, again. <laughs> so anybody who's listening to us, you know, if you took our, our, our advice, yeah, it didn't really work. <laughs> Oops. So we, we changed everything. Change the quarterback, to, like, but somehow we won. It worked. Well, I thought the other guy had to pick a flex guy. 
Yeah, well, either he... See, because this doesn't tell me if he actually picked somebody or didn't pick somebody. It only tells me if that pick didn't play. Oh. It didn't start. So he may have had somebody in there that just got... was a late scratch somehow. Um, and once put up any statistics, yeah, once uh, once the game is uh, game is started, you can't change them out, even if it is a scratch. So we are playing Winnipeg. Um, BC is playing Ottawa. Am I stupid for not putting Nathan Rourke in there now? Uh, Except for the fact that he's now twelve thousand dollars. Yeah, and he's, he's on the road. Oh. Well. Huh. Yeah, uh, options are Trevor Harris, Jamar, Jam- yeah. The the options the options aren't good. The options the other options aren't good. I think I I'm might I might take a jump on that one. I took Caleros. Yeah, he's only eighty eight hundred bucks. Shows how much faith I have in that second <laughs> right now. Yeah. But then but then if it goes but then if they go the two headed monster like they tend to do sometimes. Yeah, well They would really be doing that. No, and, and you're really only gonna see the the, the two headed monster this year at least looks like it's more of the the sneak quarterback kind of thing, ah. and may, maybe a couple, maybe a, a few plays a, after that. But hmm. uh, so, do we go Zach Caleros against our Toronto Argonauts, or do we go? <sighs> I don't want to go Law Firm. No, just... hell no. Okay, don't, I I personally wouldn't. Can't put the goddamn ball in the end zone. Yeah. Uh, running back. I went Sean Thomas Erlington against that Eskimo D-line. Swear jar. But Hamilton yeah. would have to run the ball, you know, first. Yeah. Yeah, it was a... Rush for 29 yards and six carries, receiving 30 yards. Jesus Christ. All right. Okay. We've got to put somebody in there from the Argos. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I feel like we should. No, we're under no obligation. We're in this to win, not to, not to, uh, I don't put Javon Leak as in your right, your second running back. All right. I'd, I'd rather I'd rather put Curly in there as a wide receiver. That's that's what I'm thinking. Okay, so we'll put Curly in there. Hopefully, we uh, we elect to leave him in there. Um. And, and, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. The oh, we're down to only four t- four teams at thirty two hundred for defense. Oh, one of, one of them's us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I do it. All right, fine. We're in this to win, not to be. Well, let's see. It's either us, Ottawa, or Edmonton. If you're not going to yeah. take, if you're not going to take the dirty. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think I did. Um, receiver. Uh, Greg Ellington. Why are you picking everybody? Oh, yeah, I understand. <laughs> Because our secondary can't communicate. Yep. Or something. It's not a bad idea, actually. I hate to say it. <laughs> okay. 
There's so. communication issues. But I mean, but I mean, it's eight. But he's eight grand. You gotta go. Gotta go a little lower than that. Well, does uh... I'd go Nick? I personally, I would probably go either Dembski or Bailey. If you're gonna go that one, if you're gonna go that route. Well, Dembski got banged up, so I don't know. Bailey's been kind of quiet this year too, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. Um, Wolitarski then? I haven't heard his name at all, really, either this year. All right, Dembski, it is. Okay, we've got. Hey, uh, that's his injury status. Yeah. That's. Good to do. Yeah, well, we won't find out until for a couple days anyway. We can swap that out if we need to. We've got. Uh, Only Sunday. $8,326 left for a running back or flex. We'll leave those open. Right now, we're saying go Zach Caleros because we don't know how to play deep, play uh, defensive secondary right now. Sean Thomas Erlington, a running back. Curly Gittins Jr. as your Argo representative. Nick Dembski, uh, once again, because the Argos defense can't seem to figure out coverages. And yeah. Hamilton's defense. I'll probably change that out at some point. But, uh, yeah, that's what we're going with. We need a running back or flex. If you've got any ideas, tweet us at Argos Fancast and uh, help us fill, fill this roster so we can win again. We're, I believe we're playing Brazilian tie. Brazilian tie of the uh, two and out podcast. Yep. So we, we play, we, you know, beat O's, O's Davis from the Rouge, White, and Blue last week, somehow handily. Um, and somehow we scored, we were the second highest scoring team in our little podcast league last week. Okay, there's your world's greatest fantasy advice because we're winning. Um, Winning. Yeah. Uh, at least we're winning somewhere. Um, going on to the games, Thursday night football in Ottawa. BC is in town. They're playing on the short week. Um, I don't have any faith in Ottawa, despite what people are saying. Um, BC is going to win it, but it's not going to be a complete dismantling because first game on the road that's it first game on the road will oh uh ottawa Ooh, doug i'm gonna go bc on this one i just i i think it, i think it, it might be a bit of a barn burner if if both uh if well we already know that bc's offense is really good if ottawa's offense starts clicking it might be a bit of a shootout Friday, Edmonton at Hamilton. <laughs> Do you really need to ask? Edmonton looked a lot better last week. Parts of the game, in any way. I th- I think I personally think it'll be Edmonton, and and it'll be and this time it'll be a choke job by Hamilton, but it won't be as bad. Yeah, I'm I'm going with Edmonton too, as well. Will? Uh, yes, Quimos. Yeah. Uh, Saturday, we've got uh, Montreal visiting Saskatchewan. Montreal. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I think it all... It, Vernon Adams... Is a little is more hot and cold. He's back with the team this week. Um, no way he starts. So I don't. I don't think so. Um, I'm going to go Saskatchewan in a, in a squeaker because Trevor Harris doesn't score touchdowns. <coughs> I'm going to go Montreal because I hate Saskatchewan. Ballot, Doug. I'm going to go Big Green. And then we are all picking Toronto by one over Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, gentlemen, you easy. have three minutes 
and you better make it good. Three minutes and we're out of here. We got three minutes and we're out. Is this thing on? Yeah. Are you hearing it? I think you're waiting on me. Yeah, yeah, that would be you. <laughs> we have to do the pork rankings this week. We don't have to if we don't want to. No, it's just going to make us more hungry. And he wasn't very nice to the Argos. Well, I mean, we. but but at yeah. least the Ticats are below us, so I'd be happy. <laughs> okay, that's all we need to know. Ticats yep. are below. Ticats are below us in the CFL power rankings too. So, <laughs> you suck. <laughs> Get it. Get it right up, yous. Um. Okay. Uh, let's see. What? Okay. One thing I have to say. Shout out to 7-Eleven. Shout out to 7-Eleven. And the reason why is because, well, they got these collector cups out. Right? I think if you go get a sl- I think if you go get a Slurpee, you can get yourself a CFL collector cup. But now I I cannot confirm if this is legit or not, but, right, Appar- apparently they did a little little something uh, on their little advertising here where it says they have new CFL Collector Cups, scan in store only, but just below that, I think this is fake, but I'll take it as real, no cups available in Hamilton since 1999. <laughs> Oh, I'll I'll take I'll take that as real. <laughs> Remember they sold those giant Slurpee cups like ten, eleven years ago. <coughs> Did anybody get one? No. Like uh, football it was like a football it was a big thing for a Slurpee. No, I didn't. Mm, nobody remembers this because I because well I know I, I I I remember those but I don't remember. They're giving away a Grey Cup tickets trip to Regina. You get to experience Regina in November. Experience Regina. Do, 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 do. I still can't, like, I, I still can't believe that was legit advertising that they paid for. Regina! What in yes. the hell was that? You need to you need to go look up no, no. up experience Regina. No, I'm not going to. <laughs> Just based off of Will's performance, I'm not going to do that. I've experienced Regina by driving around it. I live there. Ooh, I'm not moving back. Good. Uh, but yeah, Seven Eleven. Given uh, given away a great cup uh, great cup trip valued at twenty five hundred dollars includes round trip flight uh, for two hotel accommodations and five hundred dollars cash drinking money yes. that's, yeah five hundred bucks cash that's a that's a really good night at friggin either spirit or or the East Coast kitchen party pretty much yeah. Yeah, two two tickets, flight to Regina, and hotel. I've got two tickets to paradise. But well, I don't know if you would call Regina paradise, though. No. And I have our apologies to the Pitbulls podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, I I know I know of a paradise that is uh, that is green. But it's an ocean away, and it sure as hell ain't a paradise. It's a shithole. <laughs> All right, what else? Something in Glasgow? The, the east side of Glasgow, to be precise. Yeah. Okay, um, tweets from Kazakhstan before I get off on a on a rant here. Um, after, the, after the game, our good friend Anton, he posted something. Now, 
I think it's a bit traumatic, to be per- perfectly honest, but he said the difference in time zone was the assassination attempt on your Argos. This is a fundamental yeah. injustice in human rights. That's a bit traumatic. Because I, I would say the entire season of 2019 would be that. But that, but yeah, that's just a little bit traumatic. Um, my favorite from uh, from uh, Anton this week was uh, his reply to uh, Victor Kui, uh, the president of the Eskimos. Uh, Swear jar. <laughs> oh shit! The Elks. So, so that's uh, that's both you and Will got to contribute to the swear jar. Damn it! Okay, no swear jar. There is now. <laughs> so, so uh, Victor uh, put out uh, on TikTok and on and on uh, all his socials a little sign that he was uh, you know you're me reacting to angry comments and messages, and the, the sign <laughs> that sign was, read that was great. Sign red. I can't believe you're not winning. Elks suck, and then he proceeds to go and correct spelling and uh, and correct uh, grammar and all that stuff. And so our friend Anton just casually replied to him. It looks like the Ticats fans wrote you a letter too. <laughs> well, we'll see what we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens after. Uh... After uh, Canada Day. <laughs> yeah. Canada Day. Yeah, Canada Day is Friday. Mm-hmm. It is. Always nice when it's on a Friday or a Monday. Yeah, we get the Friday off. Cool. Before we jumped over to to uh, Kazakhstan, and I, I don't even know if they have Slurpees there. I was actually going to ask you guys what your your go to Slurpee is. Uh, the Dr Pepper one. Jeez, I have not had a Slurpee. Oh. I haven't had a Slurpee in like shit, like twenty five years. Really? Yeah. I and because uh, I because I used to live. I used to live like maybe. Two blocks away from a Seven Eleven. Wow! So I Wait. so I used to go there all the time. You were in Brampton, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, there, 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 like there was the one Seven Eleven that's been there, been at the same spot for like the last, like all my life. Yeah. See, I'm usually, uh, I'm usually uh, go towards coaxing the do- the Dr Pepper one. That that used to be at. Uh, uh, Max Milk, that was a froster. Oh, whatever. But the yeah the potato du- patata. Yeah, the I I usually go for the the Coke and I'm and just straight straight cola. And if the the Coke is is too watery, then I go to the Pepsi. <laughs> All right, what? There's no word for Slurpee in Kazakh. <laughs> yeah, because you yeah because you put sludge. <laughs> I put Slurpee. Yeah, uh, when Google translated it, it's sludge. I know. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I mean, it is a trademark name, right? So it's you know, you would be you know whatever your the how would however it's pronounced in Kazakh, you know, Slurpee. Some more words in Kazakh. So, all right, Doug, we got anything else? No, I can't. I can't think of anything else at the moment. Anyway, all right, we, we've had like we've had enough of enough anger and bile spewed on this program. Let's just yeah, it's, it's, I think it's time to get some pancakes and some Slurpees. Damn straight, Doug. Where can they find you? Pancakes. You can find you can find me on Twitter, DougB519. You can find the Double Blue Order. On Facebook, facebook.com slash double blue order, Twitter at double blue order, Instagram at the double blue order, and you can get double blue order merchandise, double blue order.ca. Will, where can they find you? 
um, on on Twitter at ArgoFans or at www.argofans.com. And join in on the bitching right now. Oh, you can find me at all kinds of clay. You can find the Argos Fancast at Argos Fancast or anywhere you find your friendly neighborhood podcast. Just search Argos Fancast or theargosfancast.podbean.com. want to thank Mike Mitchell of CFL News Hub today for, uh, well, helping fuel our anger a little bit. Uh, we'll talk to you next week when we beat the Bombers by one point. Cheers, everyone. Yes.